I try to live my life so that if he comes t- tomorrow, he comes today, I'm ready. That's all I can do. You know, I, I don't sit around and worry about, you know, what is the Lord comes tonight? Praise God, you won't see me no more unless you're saved because I'll leave this earth. But one thing we need to realize is uh, the judgment is upon America. I don't want to get into the uh, different lifestyles and all that, but uh, we got people who profess to be saved that don't know hardly anything about the Bible. You know, it's, and they accept it as religion. You know, little small things. They do not study history. They don't know what this country went through to be as great as she is. They don't realize what the Lord went through so that I can preach tonight and tell you that I'm saved, and if he comes tonight, I will leave with him. But we're going to stand at the judgment. If you're saved, you're going to stand at one judgment. If you're lost, you're going to stand at another judgment. So let's look at some Scripture, let's begin with 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Very simple lesson. Timothy says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Can you imagine? How different your life would be if you paid as much attention of what God thinks as you do everybody else. You know, uh, God doesn't care if I wear certain pants that don't match, a tie that don't match my suit. I want to just show you how we are so organized that we are wanting to be accepted. You need to change your thinking if you want to be accepted about this world. I don't want to be accepted by this world. If the world accepts me, then that's because they see them in me my habits, my thinking, what I eat, where I go, how I dress, everything. I don't want this to you. <laughs> but God said here in Second uh, Timothy 2, 15, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I profess to be a child of the king. 
I profess for the last 50 years of doing God's work. Well, one day I will stand before him and he will flash my life, good and bad, right before me. Will I be satisfied? There are many weak points in all of us that we don't put on the show place. We think things and nobody else knows what we're thinking. But sometimes, you know, when we get real, real mad, we'll say something and we said, I'm sorry. Why? Because that was out of character with us. But this is the most essential when studying the judgments. Do not endeavor to make all the judgments to the theory of one general judgment because uh, I will stand before God and be judged as an individual. I will stand before God and be judged on whether I was a good pastor or not. And that judgment will be much greater than what I am just as a person. That's why that uh, when the Bible teaches something, I don't try to be mean about it or just to be different. But I'm going to stand for what the Word says whether anybody believes me. Because if you give in one time, you know, the drunkard would not be a drunk if he hadn't took the first drink. Nobody smoking would be smoking tonight if they didn't take the first See, once we fall into whatever characteristic it is, then we get comfortable about it. A prime example is uh, missing church. It bothers me, you know. But, you know, I'm just a member of this church like Sister Jean is or Sister Indiana or Steve or but yet, how many times could I not show up to preach without informing somebody? Well, that's different. Well, we all have a job. You know, we got piano players, we got song leaders, we got Sunday school teachers. I mean, if God added you to this body, he has something for you to do. And what is it? To serve him. And you can serve him, since Henrietta could serve him while she was up there in the hospital trying to when I seen what she was sleeping on, I, you know, I said, you know, my mattress ought to be thrown out 
five years ago, but you know, I, I believe it was, it was a little better than what you were sleeping on. Are you following me? There's going to be a general judgment. The theory is uh, the invention of religion, and it is taught in the Word of God. There are five separate judgments revealed in the Bible, and they differ as to time, place, and purpose. Let's look at John. John chapter 5. You know, you got to be patient. I've tore up most of my Bibles. I've got this big Bible. This, uh, you know, you can see the print. So if it takes me a little uh, long to find my <laughs> scripture, at least I can see it, you know. Here in John chapter 5 and verse 22, For the Father judge of no man, but have committed all judgment unto the Son. Jesus Christ looks at our life day in and day out. And if it's not according to what it ought to be, we will know about it at the judgment seat. And then people say, well, you know, as long as I could get to heaven, we have a lady that used to be a member here that's... If I heard that one time, I heard it a thousand in the years that she was here. It's no big deal, Pastor. You mean uh, it's not a big deal whether you can go in where Jesus is at every day and You don't want to be part of the bride. See, that's why that we need to understand, you know. I think the last wedding we had at the, you know, from our people was uh, Charlie. And, and I'm sure I've seen some pictures, you know. Her husband's all dressed up and nice and sharp, you know, but ain't nobody looking at you. They're looking at the bride. Who is Christ going to receive first? The bride. Those that have put him first when it was hard, when nobody else was, because God saved us not to keep us out of hell. That's a great benefit. But he saved us so that other people could see a difference in people that say I'm saved. Everyone from Adam to the last man to be born on earth will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ to be judged. You know, he uh, tells us, you know, that uh, as I read here in John 5, 22, for the Father judgeth no man, but have committed all judgment 
unto the Son. Everyone from Adam to the last man. In the first judgment, the sins of the believer have already been judged in Christ on the cross. See, uh, people who knew me when I was growing up and, you know, and I, uh, you know, when I was growing up and 18, 19, 20, 21, that address, ain't nobody, him a preacher? No. I didn't act like a preacher, didn't want to talk about a preacher. When all my family got religion, started joining grace, I said, is there something in the water? You know, didn't want no part of that. You know, I got my life. I want to live my life. But then God saved me. And once God saves you, that's how you know that you know that you know that you're saved. Your Christianity is part of you. And if you set it aside, he'll come knocking. The second judgment is the believer is to judge self or be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ and discipline. James said, He that knoweth to do good and doeth not to him is sin. That's why we look at a little baby and he said the little baby's innocent. That little baby is a sinner. That makes people mad that can't understand what I'm saying. That little baby, born the same way that all the rest of us were. Sin, sin nature of the mother, sin nature of the father. It was all bad. So we got to judge ourselves. Do I want to continue to live the way I was or do I want to live as a child of God. Now, see, good parents, when they have the ability to to work and have a job, and it's the parents' responsibility to take care of the children. And when we see young people giving their kids up. Now, humanly speaking, it's better to give a child up than to keep that child if you're not going to take care of it or can't take care of it. But I think that my daughter's mom is a prime example. Her only request was when she gave up Jessica was please try to get her into a Christian home. She knew she wasn't a Christian. And, uh, you know, when you leave your child because you want to go into a 
funny relationship, and you know what I'm talking about when I say a funny relationship. But she had enough background that she knew that God was not going to bless that life, was not going to bless that. That's the love that a mother has for their children when they've been taught. But now, society teaches our children. In this second judgment, the believer is to judge self or be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ through discipline. In the third judgment, all believers must appear at the judgment seat of Christ when their works are to be judged. Not only did you serve God, but what motive did you serve God? I mean, when somebody loves you in a man and woman, boy and girl relationship. There's difference between giving a lady flowers on Mother's Day or giving her flowers on Mother's Day. See, when you love somebody, all you look for reasons to show that person that you love them. You look for reasons. Now, if we do our wife that way and our children that way and our neighbor that way, why don't we look for reasons or opportunity to talk about the Lord? You know, Parents sometimes don't want to agree with it because of the embarrassment, and and there's really no embarrassment. But, you know, they show a picture of a newborn baby, and, and, you know, it makes that parent feel good when they say, man, you know, boy, it's a beautiful child. It looks just like a daddy. It looks just like grandpa. You know, they pay a difference. Now, what am I supposed to look like? We're talking about on the Christian part. I don't want to be classified as the average church member. Average church member thinks they're saved. They don't know it. The average church member thinks they can lose the salvation, even though, you know, the Bible says you can't. But I made a statement one time, you know, during a, a, a church. How many of you even pick up your Bible except when you come to church? And there's times when there's, you know, illness. You know, I like to think that when I was up there having my heart, 
you know, my chest cut open. They're putting some new parts in there that that my wife and my sister and my family and my church was praying that God would be with that doctor, that he would heal me afterwards. But what about the days when there's really no sickness, you know? I mean, you know, I'd, I got up this morning, I had a headache. Except, well, you know, I'd get a headache every day. I don't. I may be, I may have a headache once every six months. I take a couple, Bufferin or Asbrin or Excedrin. I think they're all the same, just a different name, but I don't know that. But anyway, whatever's there, I can take a couple of them and an hour is gone. God has blessed me that way. So, I really can't, I had a hard time, I, I had a hard time relating to the pain that Dora lived with. Because I never had that kind of pain. Well, think of that's your Savior. Let's put on that cross. What he went through so you and I wouldn't have to. I mean, the bottom line is either Christ paid your hell or you're going to pay for it. That is no discussion. The Bible says clear over and over and over. The fourth judgment, all nations are to be judged at the second coming of Christ. This is one of the greatest nations. And I thought this nation had hit rock bottom when it okayed killing little babies, abortion. That's all abortion is, legalized murder. But now, (laughs) I mean, God said he made them male and female. And the males want to be females and the females want to be males. And the problem is, they are so deep in something, they don't know what they want. It makes no difference whether I'm against it or Mike's against it or one of your ladies against it. What does God say? God makes it clear. He made them male and female. Then you hear your president or your senator or some other person that don't know what he's talking about it says, you know, it's, it's your body. Do you really believe that? It's your body? Why don't you take the pain out of your body when you've got pain? Why don't you cause that body to be able to learn quickly and participate quickly? It's your body. Well, 
in the fifth judgment, the dead are to be judged at the great white throne judgment. And that's the judgment for the lost. The fifth judgment where the wicked dead are to judge at the great white throne. But let's get into the heart of it. The judgment of the believers. John chapter 5 and verse 24. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Let's look at those last few words. But is passed from death unto life. That means exactly what the Bible teaches. If I was lost, I am dead. From any spiritual understanding, any spiritual desire, but at the great white throne judgment, it's hard for the average person to believe this, but God knows everything that I've done every day in my life. And he's going to flash it before me. So the old songwriter that says, no tears, no tears in heaven, you may like the song, but it's one of the most unscriptural songs there is. It's entertaining. God knows every sin I've ever committed. And it'll be flashed before me at the great white throne judgment if I was lost. They will flash before me at the judgment seat, which I know that's the judgment I will be part of. And he will show me opportunities where I had an opportunity to talk to somebody but didn't. I had an opportunity to be a light for him, a light for my church, a light for my neighbor, and I didn't do it. See, in the above verse in John 5:24, our Lord tells us that the believer cometh not into condemnation, or that's judgment. I will not come into condemnation because every sin that I've ever committed, Christ paid for on the cross. But at the judgment seat, it will be shown to me exactly what God did for me. Jesus Christ paid the penalty on the grounds of his substitutionary. Took my place. He took my place. I wanted my children to be saved. 
Well, I can't save anybody. So what would be the reasonable thing for me to do? I would turn my children over to the Lord. He said, well, man, that takes a lot of grace. No, I tell you what takes a lot of grace. You realize those kids don't, don't belong to you. Every one of us is a Lent child. God lent my three kids to me. They don't belong to me. Never have belonged to me. Now, if I love them and I want them and, and, you know, raise them, nothing is any better. It was the first time when Dora gave birth to, to my son. And I held a little sucker on my you know, shoulder. You know. But he belonged to him. It's sort of like I'm this way, I hope you are. If I borrow something from you, I try to take better care of it than I would if it's mine. That's why that we don't abuse our children. That's why that we try to biblically educate them. We try to prepare them that one day you're not going to have mommy and daddy. So you was given to the parents so that they could help you become an adult. But above that, what parent wants their child to go to hell? I would, I would give my house, my car, my truck, what little money I've got. If that's what it took to save one of my kids, you think I wouldn't do it? In a heartbeat. But we got to realize that our children, nothing you have belongs to you. Now, you got to be able to think, who does it belong to? Legally, it belongs to you. But who gave you the ability, who gave you the, the mental capacity to make the good decisions? And why did you make some bad decisions? Not because you're a bad person. You didn't listen to the one that God put over you. See, Jesus Christ paid the penalty and on the grounds of this substitutionary death, the believer is separated from sin forever. You'll never be cast into hell. You'll never be, you know, because you belong to the Lord. Now, let's, uh, let's notice in Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Psalms 103, verse 12. 
God said, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You know how we humans are? Sister, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget it. Sounds good, don't it? A bit of truth in that. The flesh won't, but the flesh is your enemy. But the spiritual man, hey, I can't forgive my brother. I can't forgive this man when look what God forgave me for. That statement has not made me popular anywhere I preach. But it's Bible. The sins of the believer have been blotted out. And God has promised that he will not remember thy sins. See, the God who knows everything, I mean, you can mark Isaiah 43, 25. But when you read that, when you read Isaiah 45, verse 25, stop and think. A God who knows how many breaths I took today said, I will remember your sin no more. Now, how could you be lost if you're truly saved? I mean, I use that verse in eternal security of the blood of the believer. See, but what we don't like to think about, and I don't judge nobody. It's not my job. But you have to be in la-la land if you think every Christian that professes to be a Christian is truly a Christian. Now, I don't know who is and who isn't, but I do know one thing. If you are a child of God and you profess to be saved and you did all terrible things when you was lost and you're still doing those things, yeah, ain't real. There'll be a difference. You know, I tell, you know, how can you... How can you love your wife or love your husband and you're unfaithful to them as a way of life? Hmm? Come on now. First Peter 3.18, you know, the just for the unjust that we might be saved and never come into the judgment of sinners. See, I deserve to be there on that cross. I deserve that. Christ didn't. But he did it. Love, see. And and I know, you know, I like to think that, you know, but, I mean, you know, Amber, Amber is not Henrietta's child. See Grandparents and great grandparents, you know, how far it can go. 
that. There wouldn't have been any sense, you know, somebody asked me, did you tell her that she needs to go home? No. I didn't tell her she needs to go home. That would be like telling Biden to never speak again. It ain't going to happen. Why? You want to be where the person you love. And when it comes to Christianity, it's Jesus Christ. This Sunday morning, you said, well, I wasn't, I really wasn't feeling well, so, you know, but good God understands. Really? And me and any other pastor don't want you at church when you're sick. coughing and spitting don't shake my hand and don't get too close to me I'm frazzled but see that is common sense God gives us common sense as well didn't get near let me make this last point the believer will never be condemned with the world because Christ was condemned in his place. According to Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that he was made to be sin for us. A holy God humbled himself and took my sin upon him. Christ was made a curse for us on the cross. Galatians 3.13 talks about, I may not quote it exactly, but I believe it says, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. See, to get to heaven on your own, you've got to keep the law perfectly. That means that I would never get mad. I would never get aggravated. I'm just, I'm just like Christ. I'm perfect. But there's no way because this body, this body is the enemy of God. And when I first started hearing preaching, I said, you know, that don't make a lick of sense. But the Bible said it. He became me on that cross. He became you. He became you. He became everybody. He did what you should have done. But you couldn't. Because a sinner can't pay for somebody else's sin. It took a perfect God-man. Galatians tells us, you know, have redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hebrews 9.26 said he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And then Hebrew 
the believer will not come into judgment because his sins have been purged. That's exactly what a surgeon does sometimes. He cuts the the bad part out and sew it together. And then there's certain medicines and stuff so that it will stay together. Staples, stitches. But what did Christ who made you God? Who is Christ? He's a God man. He said, let there be. Let Steve Hampton become what I am. And he'll never make it until the rapture takes place. All sin will leave his body. No more sin, no more pain. He's in glory. What a beautiful thought. What a beautiful thought. Let's pray.